The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 369. Nice. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of BleedingGreenNation.com. Brandon and I are going to be at Wrong Crowd Beer tonight for our Cowboys-Seahawks watch party. Why are we watching the Cowboys and Seahawks? Because we can't really have a an Eagles watch party, and we can't really have a watch party on the weekend because we're at the games. So we're doing a little Thursday night thing. By the time you listen to this podcast episode, that event probably will have already happened. So if you were there, good to see you. Thanks for the shots. Thanks for the beers that you're all going to buy me. And if you weren't there, you're dead to me. No, I'm just kidding. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, Wrong Crowd Beer in Westchester, PA. Order online, wrongcrowdbeer.com. Or ask for Wrong Crowd Beer wherever you buy your beer. They should have it uh, at your local uh, alcohol store. And if they don't, say, yo, dude, get the Wrong Crowd Beer in here, please. Brandon, got a lot to get to. Going to do a little uh, Eagles 49ers preview that game might be of a little bit of interest to some people on each coast here and we'll get to some other news eagles wise and around the nfl how are you doing buddy jimmy i'm excited because as of we were recording this i'm hours away from trying the great food at wrong crowd beer company as well i'm very excited for that um excited for the game this weekend it is a pretty big game excited to talk about that matchup but before we do I think we have to get to the news of Thursday coming out not too long before we recorded this podcast. The Eagles released Greg Ward from their practice squad, Jimmy. <laughs> what is your reaction to No, the big news for real, jokes aside, the Eagles did announce some roster moves, is that Zach Ertz got cut by the Cardinals and is now potentially eligible to return to Philadelphia. He has to clear waivers as every player who was cut after the trade deadline has to before they can sign with a new team if they are not claimed. Spoiler, so, he will. His salary is over $8 yeah, million. He's going to clear so? waivers. Nobody's picking him up at that number or anything Yeah, but I think they only have to pay like $2 million left Uh-oh. this year. Uh-oh. What? I just got a text from Seamus Uh-oh. saying, writing Monday Night Flex thing real quick. Uh-oh. Oh, this is bad. This is what Eagles. this 
what this probably means is that Eagles Seahawks probably got flexed to Monday Night Football, which we were all what kind of anticipating day. happening in the locker room uh, yesterday. Um, uh, us media types. Yeah. Uh, he just replied, Seattle game is now Monday Night Football. <sighs> Awful. <sighs> Brandon, I have a flight going out there on Friday. I was going to take the red eye back after after the game on Sunday. I was going to like walk around Seattle all day on Saturday. Those plans are now effed. I got to change all my flights and hotels now. Ugh. And night games are just the worst. It's been a brutal season in terms of the night games. I So this is a very sports reportery thing to complain about, to be clear. So sorry for that. But it's not only us, Jimmy. I was talking to someone, an Eagles fan, recently, last week, um, who was doing some work on my car. And he didn't know, like, you know, he doesn't know I cover the Eagles or anything. And he was bringing up the late games. I've been a bear for him, just as a fan. Yeah. So it's not just us. Um, man. That's the third Monday night game this year, too, because they played against, well, who'd they play early in the season? The Vikings, oh, the Bucks, I think, the were Bucks, Monday night. That was, Vikings were Thursday night. Oh, right. Bucks, Bucks were Monday night, and then they just played the Chiefs, the Chiefs. obviously, on Monday night. So now they have yeah. a third Monday night. And this is new, by the way. New this season, teams can be flexed into Monday night, uh, unlike before. So sucks. There you go. Uh, in any case. Um, it's actually good for the Eagles, I think, because... I mean, they have the road game in Dallas on a Sunday. They got to fly back from that, and they're going to have to fly right back out to Seattle. At least the extra day gives them a little time to regroup from right. a tough uh, road schedule. And then the week after the Seattle game, they play on Monday again. It's on a Monday. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a Monday night game. It's Monday yeah, right, afternoon. Still. It's on Christmas. So, but but I think this this will actually be welcomed. This change, this will be welcomed by the Eagles, I think, uh, after this, you know, insane stretch of their schedule, just difficulty wise. Um, this has but- to be the Eagles season with the least Sunday games ever, right? <laughs> right. Well, we only had the two one o'clock games and they were both commanders games. And then we'll have one later uh, against the Cardinals, I think, as a one o'clock game. But yeah, other than that, they've all been either late afternoon games or primetime games. The Eagles have gotten a ton of exposure nationally so far this year. And I think that's why there's a lot of kind of hatred towards them. Oh, yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, I'm trying to message the BGN staff to get this covered on our end of things. <laughs> but uh, I want to get back to Ertz because Ertz is you yeah. know, a big topic of conversation. Really annoying com- complaint. Not a com- The complaint is annoying. Really annoying. I have a complaint that I am annoyed today because – all this news keeps happening when I'm podcasting, not when I happen to be free to write. Right. Um, so that's annoying. Anyway, including the Zach Ertz news, because I was doing a preview podcast with our good friend Rob Stats Guerrera on the Gold Standard Network. So you can check out my conversation with him on his feed about this matchup. But um, what do you make uh, of Zach Ertz getting cut, Jimmy? You said you don't think anyone's going to claim him. Now, again, it's only, I think, like two and a half million about for Oh, is it? I thought him. it was eight million. Well, that's his eight million is his salary this year, but because you know, oh, because they already played so many games. Yeah, yeah we're week, right. twelve weeks through the season, right. or thirteen weeks through the season. That a large portion of that, over half, has been paid. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. The Ravens have been mentioned as a possible team that could claim him. You know, they lost Mark Andrews, so that's something to keep on the radar. Um, the Eagles wouldn't claim him, right? Because there's no point. 
because you can just sign him because you're They're the last, last team in the, the waiver order. Yeah, right. So you wouldn't claim his salary. You would just let him go unclaimed at that point and then renegotiate a contract with him. Yeah. And especially because you have a relationship with this player. Yeah. If he wants and, to come, if he wants yeah. to come back and play for you, great. And if not, then if he doesn't want to be here, then you don't want him anyway. Right. But I think it would be really nice to get him back because Dallas Goddard seems like he might be able to play in week 14. That seems to be the case. doesn't look like he's going to be able to play against the 49ers. Uh, Grant Calcaterra has, looks like he's going to miss another game. At least he's been dealing with an ankle issue issue. So that really just leaves you with Jack Stoll, Albert O. And they been they last week, they elevated Noah Tangiai to be the third tight end from the practice squad. So <laughs> right. it would be nice to have Zacherts. Well, he's better. I mean, Grant Calcaterra and Albert O are more receiver oriented than they are blocker oriented. Theoretically, Zach Ertz is better than either of those. And right. Neither of them have really done anything much of anything at all as receivers in the NFL. Zach Ertz is very clearly better than those two guys, even at this stage of his career and certainly better than Noah Tongi. So yeah, I mean, is any upgrade? Sure. And if he wants to come back and, you know, play for basically whatever, whatever it would, you know, offset the, uh, you know, the, the, his salary with the Cowboys, with the uh, Cardinals, it's just a small oh. amount of money. Yeah. Why not? Bring him in. I don't think this is like a, a a game changer of a move to bring him in or anything like that. But you know he does give you another competent uh, hands receiver who knows how to run a route. Um, isn't gonna run by anyone at anywhere. Any isn't gonna run by anyone at this stage of his career. Was never a tackle breaker uh, at any point in his career. Was never really a great blocker. Uh, got better at that as his career went on, but was never really sure. great at that at any point. Um, but yeah, he's certainly better than than. He, and Jack still has his role. Like he'll still play, even if you sign Zach Ertz, and probably would still be the number two. But you know, is does Ertz want to come in and, and play that kind of role as like a number three type of tight end? I don't know. Um, so there might be better fits for him uh, mm-hmm. elsewhere in the league. But if he does want to come back to Philly, I think the Eagles would certainly welcome him. Yeah, I think they could use him, and I think it's a great move for vibes. I think you know Zach Ertz is a great addition back into the locker room. It feels like a little bit of like destiny, maybe, you know, it's like, okay, Zach Ertz is back. Like maybe this is because it's funny. I remember you talking about this earlier this year slash last year, like he, you know, he asked out understandably so at the time in 2021, but then probably regretted that because of how the Eagles got back quickly and the Cardinals have been clearly a disaster. So it kind of would be nice for him to come back home, maybe get another ring potentially. That could be a, a very fun thing. And again, it's not just the vibe of it all. It's actually they legitimately can use him. And I do think at this point in his career and being able to return, the cost of being able to return to the team that you love the most and the market you love the most being like you have to take lesser of a role, I think he might be willing to be on board with that. Like that's a trade-off I think he would take at least at this point, especially because – it's not even like the rest of your career. It could just be this year. Like he could, you know, he could come back this year with the uh, idea that he'll be able to go to an, another team potentially if he wants to and have a bigger role next year. All I can think about right now is changing my Seattle flights. I'm sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> it's tough. Tough news to break at the start of the show here is you have to deal with that now. Um, oh, man. Elsewhere in Eagles news, we should mention that Darius Leonard slash Shaq Leonard slash Shaquille Leonard is reportedly waiting to make a decision after visiting the Eagles and Cowboys this week uh, over the weekend. It's a weird phrasing for the timeline. Like when's he going to make the decision over the weekend? Okay. When like, 
Saturday, the day before the games, or during the games on Sunday, it seems like he would make the decision after the games. Like, wouldn't he want to see how things go, potentially? Because uh, I don't think his decision is solely coming down to this, but if the Cowboys somehow end up losing to the Seahawks and the Eagles beat the 49ers, I mean, how is that even a decision? Like, wouldn't you want to sign with the team at that point that is clearly in the driver's seat to get the one seed? Uh, I don't think the Eagles, like, I don't think Shaq Leonard is going to make or break their season, to be clear, but they could really use him because Zach Cunningham is reportedly going to miss the 49ers game, and that's not great because the Eagles' only two linebackers on the roster uh, are Nicholas Morrow and Christian Ellis mm-hmm. prior to now signing Ben Van Sumeran off the practice squad and having him available, but not like a guy that they're going to trust to play on defense as much as he's a break uh, glass in case of emergency option right. for them there and playing on special teams. So, um, yeah. And, and in addition to uh, bringing or putting Ben Van Sumeren on the roster, they also brought Josiah Scott, who they had cut back on the practice squad. They waived Greg Ward from the practice squad, which is a little curious. And they also added Cam Sims, who used to be on the commanders to the practice squad. Commanders fans love that guy at one point in his career. He's like six. I like that guy. He, big, he, he's made some interesting catches. Mm-hmm. Big, Big player at six five, so big man. The, the Eagles are super thin at linebacker. Obviously, now with uh, Zach Cunningham likely to miss potentially multiple games, the way that yeah. Jeff McLean sort of um, worded a, a tweet in in regard to that. Like he, it's, it's a hamstring injury, and he's almost certainly going to miss this game on Sunday against the Niners. But it sounds like it might be a little more than that. So mm. he's been their best linebacker this year too. So. Not great. Yeah. <laughs> like kind of a an under the radar big loss if uh he's gonna be I mean, it's it's gonna be a big loss this Sunday and uh and potentially, you know, even worse if he can't play against Dallas. And uh a little weird that like Shaq Leonard doesn't want to make a decision until the weekend. Like why? <laughs> like I like I get that it's it's not like it's not that life changing a decision because wherever you sign, you're probably only going to be there for for you know the end of the season. A month so it's like two. a couple months, and then you're going to be a free agent, and you can sign again wherever you want. But at, now at this point, you're going to you know, that's when you know money becomes involved. Where in this case, it's not. Um, yeah, I mean, wh- whoever he's wh- whoever he's going to sign with would probably prefer to get him in as soon as possible. Right. So I don't know, whatever he can do whatever he wants. He was cut and he's a good player and um, he can, you know, he certainly has the right to take his time, but uh, from the Eagles perspective, eh, maybe a little frustrating on their end. I agree. Anything else in the news realm that you care to talk about? Well, the one, the one thing we should mention too is I guess we already got to this in the last episode, but since we talked about how Debo Samuel, you know, during the offseason called James Bradbury trash and yes. then was asked if he still felt that way. And he said, basically doubled down on, on that statement, said, I, uh, you know, um, I, I don't regret anything I said. Since then, James Bradbury spoke with the media and as expected, takes because he's because he, he's a good dude. <laughs> and He's smart and he's classy, took the high road. Just, you know, did not uh, really want to say anything negative about Debo Samuel or anyone else. Um, I think it well, was he kind may of have taken wanted off, to. You know, what's that? Didn't. 
He may have wanted to, but he didn't do it. Yeah, he didn't. And you know, it's, and you know, as as you you know, we all know after the Super Bowl, uh, after he had that holding call on him, took accountability for that in the locker room after the game. He said basically, "I held him." Um, you know, kind of did also note that it wasn't necessarily called that way the whole game, but you know, did acknowledge that he held a guy and you know owned it. So you know, James Bradbury, the person, the player. Uh, I think he's been a great addition for the Eagles, and um, it'd be it'd be pretty cool to see him have uh, have a good game on Sunday here against the 49ers. Like, I'm at, just imagine, yeah, you know, like you know, game ceiling pick or something. Like, imagine how stupid you would feel if you're Debo Samuel. Like, <laughs> right. how could it? How could you possibly feel worse at that point? Like, there's no way for you to feel worse if that happens. So, I think that's fair. Um, last thing I'll say before we take a break is Jake Elliott, special teams player of the week for the mm-hmm. third time this season. He's the first player to win special teams player of the week three times in a season since Daniel Carlson did that in 2021. Daniel Carlson was second team all pro that year okay. and obviously behind Justin, Justin Tucker. Tucker. Yeah. So like, you know, if Justin Tucker didn't exist, he could have very well been first team all pro. So that's something to keep in mind when it comes to the all pro team and pro bowl honors and stuff. I think Jake is well on his way for that kind of stuff as he should be, but let's take a break, Jimmy, because we have a lot to say about this Eagles 49ers matchup and we'll get into it in a loaded second segment here on BGN radio. We will be back after this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back here on BGN Radio, which in addition to Wrong Crowd, Beer Company is also brought to you by Righteous felon craft jerky how do you like these four letter sponsors to me you got wrong crowd beer company you got righteous felon craft jerky and then you have Kristen roach roach realtors boom <laughs> i never thought of that the, the i mean i kind of threw the of in there i kind of disregarded that but whatever the, the keywords uh it's four and we love the synergy we love our sponsors check out righteous felon craft jerky by going to righteous felon dot com and using discount code bgn15 for 15 percent off your order to me if there was ever a time for the eagles to load up on their righteous felon craft jerky which they have available at the novacare complex fueling station right outside of where the eagles do their lifting in the locker room and where they go into the locker room there it's this game this is a game to load up on the righteous felon craft jerky so hopefully the eagles do that the Eagles themselves, if they want to, can go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BGN15 for 15% off their order of the finest meat snacks in the land. So go do it, or else you're a 49ers fan. Okay, Little known Jimmy. fact, Brandon, Jalen Hurts squats 600 pounds. Actually, mm-hmm. that's a very well-known fact. But the little-known fact is that after he eats Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, he can squat 601 pounds. Wow. I would like to see him. We should, I mean, it would be, you'd obviously have to get him involved, but I think we'd need to see Jalen Hurts squatting 600 pounds of Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Mm, I think that'd be pretty okay. pretty interesting to see. Sure. Um, 
I'm sure he will not be on board for that. In any case, Jimmy <laughs> he Eagles has better things to do at this time, is what you're saying. He's he's a busy man. Yeah, he's other he's a lot plenty of other sponsors, but none of them are as good as righteous film car turkey. Jimmy Eagles 49ers huge matchup. Where do you want to start? <clears throat> yeah, well, the 49ers, I think. Uh... They're not that complicated of a team, really. They run a lot of that motion stuff and the eye candy, and that, I guess, you know, makes them seem complicated. But ultimately, what they want to do is run the football. <laughs> like, they're a very old-school team in that way. And they're actually the, they have the second highest uh, run play percentage in the NFL. So they're running it on 50.5% of their plays. There's only one team that runs it more than them or more often than, than them, and that's the, that's the Baltimore Ravens. The other three in the top five are the Falcons the Bears, and the Eagles. And what do those four teams have in common, the Ravens, Falcons, Bears, and Eagles? They all have quarterbacks that can make plays with their legs and, you know, have their share of rushing attempts. 49ers do not have that. Like Brack Purdy can, you know, move around a little bit. He's not going to hurt you with his legs. He can escape pressure and that kind of thing, but he's not really going to contribute to rushing game numbers. So they are a pure give-the-ball-to-the-running-back kind of team. And Christian McCaffrey Leads the NFL in rushing with 939 yards. He on 107, 100, uh, 193 carries, so he's averaging 4.9 yards per carry. He's got 11 rushing touchdowns. He's also got 48 catches for 389 and five touchdowns. He is on pace for, what do we have here? I think 379, if I recall correctly, uh, touches this season. Mm-hmm. So he gets the ball a boatload. And it's kind of funny to me that, like, Brock Purdy has sort of, quote-unquote, entered the MVP conversation. Okay, yeah, like you look at Brock Purdy's numbers, and they're very, very good, but he is not even close to being the most valuable player on his own offense. It is very clearly Christian McCaffrey. Their offense runs through him. When he's going, their offense is going. When their offense is going, their defense um, feeds off that. They get leads, and they just pummel teams when they're playing at their best. When they don't get their running game going, they kind of get away from it. So the their three losses, when they had three losses in a row, at Browns, McCaffrey had 11 carries, 41 yards. At Vikings, 15 carries, 45 yards. Bengals at home, only 12 carries, 54 yards. So it all starts and ends there for me. Like and We'll talk a lot more about these matchups as, you know, as, as the podcast continues here. But for me... Stopping the 49ers rushing attack is first and foremost, if they can't do that, could be a long afternoon. And of course, the Eagles have uh, the, I think they're the number three uh, run defense in the NFL. Now, after this last Bills game, Josh Allen ran for a ton of yards and uh, the Bills as a, as an offense ran for a lot of yards. So the running backs didn't do all that much, but um, they kind of got knocked out. They were, they were, I think they were the number one run defense in the NFL last week. They certainly were for uh, the better part of this season. So that'll be a great matchup. It's strength on strength, the 49ers rushing attack against the Eagles rush defense. But if they can't stop the run, going to be a long day. The 49ers, you know, that's their script. They're good at playing from ahead. They want to get a lead and then continue to just pound the rock mm-hmm. and play from ahead. And you basically can't beat them or it's very hard to beat them when they're playing their brand of football like that so absolutely stopping the run going to be critical in this one and it's weird because you know the eagles have had like a top ranked defense pretty much the whole season when it comes Mm -hmm. to stopping the run but they've been a little bit more gettable there recently you know the chiefs had success there 
And even the Bills, who aren't like a great rushing team, had some success there. Some of that was Josh Allen, but some of that, especially late in the game, after Zach Cunningham went down and Fletcher Cox was out and players who will be missing against the 49ers this week, that's a concern. Um, on the plus side, you do get Milton Williams back, it seems like. So that's a good thing for the run defense. He's a really good run defender. Yep. That help, helps a little bit. But, you know, even Jordan Davis is limited on the injury report. So don't love seeing that. Um, I don't know. I don't like my confidence level and their ability to stop the run. I'm not totally sure how I feel about that because of how they've been a little bit more vulnerable in that regard lately. But if they are able to do that, then I feel really good about their chances because if you're asking Brock Purdy to drop back and throw the ball like 40 plus mm -hmm. times in this game, Eagles are winning this game. They absolutely are. And I'm not saying Brock Purdy, Purdy sucks, but I just don't think he's really built to win in a volume passing game like that. And I also think you're giving the Eagles pass rush a lot of opportunities to win against that 49ers offensive line, if that's the case in that scenario. So, And also, I will say, if there's ever been a time for the Jonathan Gannon approach in 2023, could be in this game. I just got off that 49ers-Eagles preview podcast I did. I, I mentioned with my good friend Rob Stats Carrera. What he said about the 49ers offense is that it's kind of like a well-oiled machine. Uh, he compared it to a clock in terms of when all the pieces are going, it's you know it's operating smoothly, it's perfect. But sometimes, like if they have a penalty on a drive, they're done. Like as soon mm -hmm. as they get knocked off schedule, they're just done. And that kind of it's interesting because that kind of speaks to the team at large in terms of I said even on the Bills recap show, if you punch this team in the mouth. They don't really have like a lot of, I think, resolve mm -hmm. and you kind of or, or at least they're more mortal. I'm not saying you, they're they're all of a sudden frauds, but they're just they're a lot more mortal. If you can get if you can just knock if you can disrupt them, if you can knock this team off a little bit. And the Eagles did do that successfully against a similar style of a team, I would say, against the 40. Uh, sorry, the, the Dolphins, yep. who obviously employ former 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel. Yep. And they were the Dolphins were really quick to get the ball out to had the fastest time. Uh, to throw in the league on average and the Eagles were able to disrupt that so I do think there is reason to be encouraged between that Dolphins game and the and obviously the Rams game as well given the familiarity with um, Shanahan and McVay and that kind of that pre-snap motion stuff um, that the Eagles can go into this and uh, it, it just comes down to execution which is duh the game <laughs> being able to stop <laughs> right. the run but yeah I do on paper I like the Eagles matchups yeah, they get that run game going, and then everything feeds off that. So that's when they start getting their play action going. That's when they start getting their boot action game going. And uh, it just completely throws off uh, opposing pass rushes. And like like Stats Guerrero said, like it all starts there, and then it becomes just a, a bitch of an offense to defend <laughs> once they get their run game working. And uh, in addition to you know just stopping the run, Another key factor in this game is tackling in the secondary too after they complete passes because obviously, you know, this team is well known for, you know, kind of having yards after catch monsters in their offense. And McCaffrey's part of that. George Kittle, maybe the best tight end in the NFL, along with Travis Kelsey for getting, you know, yards after the catch. Debo Samuels sort of made his career off of that. Brandon Ayuk, sort of under the like under the radar great receiver so far this year and he's you know been really good getting yards after the catch over his career. So, you know, the Eagles linebackers and their defensive backs, they got to get those guys to the ground uh like as soon as they can after the catch and not allow good Niners plays in the passing game 
to become great ones because that's how they kill you with mm-hmm. big plays on, you know, just passes in the short to intermediate areas of the field might go for, you know, 10 to 12 yards, but then they wind up being 30 to 40 yard gains because they're just so good at, at you know, breaking tackles and, and running away from defenders. So in addition to just tackling in the run game, getting Christian McCaffrey to the ground, you know, beating blocks and, and doing fundamental things like that. They also just got to really, they got to really tackle well in the secondary as well. So uh, I had actually looked up, um, you know, yards after the catch league wide in the NFL. And to my surprise, Niners were only ninth in uh, yards after the catch as an offense, which seems surprisingly low. I mean, still, you know, top third of the league, of course, almost top quarter of the league. But the top five teams in the NFL in yards after catch, Chiefs, Commanders, Bills, Dolphins, and Vikings. Mm -hmm. What do they all have in common? They all played the Eagles. They all played the Eagles. So I thought that was interesting. Like all the best teams in the league at getting yards after the catch, um, you know, the Eagles have already played them. So they've, the Eagles already played a lot of a lot of teams that are great at that. And, you know, as you mentioned, they already played the Rams and Dolphins, which both have very similar style offenses as these 49ers. And I think particularly, you, you know, you mentioned the Dolphins. I think, you know, part of their a big part of their game plan was to take away the first read. For yes. Tua. Um, and, the, you know, I mean, that's the reason why Tua gets the ball out as quickly as he does. 2.36, you know, seconds, I think, on average. Uh, on th- He leads the league in, in getting out the ball, getting the ball out quickly. They wanted to take away his first read, make him get to a second and third progression, slow down that timing, and then hopefully get home at some point. So I think you're going to see a similar thing uh, with the Eagles defense on the back end when they get Brock Purdy into long downs and distances. But again, you got to you got to tackle on the run game and you got to tackle on the passing game once they complete passes or this team's going to kill you. It's funny because I got a question from Niners Nation and I'm not trying to throw them under the bus, but the perception of the Eagles pass rush, at least from this one writer, was that the Eagles pass rush like isn't as good this year. It's fallen off a little bit. And it might seem that way, like anecdotally from a standpoint of, you know, they were so good last year. We all said like the Eagles pass rush possibly can't be as good this year, just not even because it's going to be bad, just because yeah. it was so great that even if it's still really good in 2023, it's just hard to be as good as it was again. Jimmy, do you know how many sacks the Eagles have in 11 games this year? I don't. I don't know offhand now. Probably, probably between like 35 and 40, right? It's 32. Do you know how many Even sacks they had in 11 games last year? 33. It's 32. It's the same exact amount. And let's qualify that with the past two weeks, the Eagles have been robbed of very obvious sacks against Patrick sure. Holmes and Josh Allen's with the intentional grounding. Obviously, that probably happened at some points last year, too. But still, my point is like, okay, if those are sacks, the Eagles have more sacks at this point this year than they did last year. So that pass rush is still very much fearsome. And as I've stressed throughout the season, it's not just quantity of sacks, it's quality of sacks. And they have very high quality sacks when it comes to late game is on the line and the Eagles pass rush comes through and closes it out. It's happened obviously with Hassan Reddick multiple times, Josh Sweat as well. Brandon Graham has been making these end of game sacks that the offense again, hasn't always been able to take advantage of, but he's still putting them in the position to end games. Um, so I really like this Eagles offensive or sorry, defensive line going up against this 49ers offensive line, which, you know, Trent Williams is obviously elite, excellent. You're really not going to be able to win against him very often. Mm -hmm. And I almost would, I think I would like to see Hassan Reddick and sweat kind of flip like they've been doing at times in games, just because I don't want like 
because I think you should throw, I think you should give Josh Sweat some chances to go up against the 49ers less than inspiring right tackle than just having to be lined up solely with um, Trent Williams all game. And just to give him a different look, you know, a different kind of rusher. Because, you know, Reddick and Sweat aren't the exact same kind of edge rusher, I would say. Um, you know, Reddick is a little bit more like craftier and like slipperier, slip more slippery going up against like a massive guy like Trent Williams could be interested to see how that goes but um yeah I like this Eagles defensive line against this 49ers offensive line especially because um and shout out to BTN zone Shane Half for this he had some good numbers about how like oh the Eagles pass rush only had two sacks the past two weeks again not counting the intentional grounding uh cowardice from those quarterbacks Mm -hmm. but they were pressuring Mahomes and Allen at very high rates it's just that those guys are incredibly good at not getting sacked because they're elite quarterbacks who can, I mean, in Josh Allen's case, the Eagles had him dead to rights on multiple times and he just broke tackles or got the ball out, was able to hang on. Um, so with Brock Purdy, you mentioned he has some escapability, but it's not the same level, certainly as Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And if they can get near him, then they can get him down. And I like their chances of doing that. Yeah. From left to right, it's Trent Williams. Uh, Aaron Banks is the left guard. Jake Brindell is the center. Spencer Burford stinks right guard and Colton McKivitz. He, also Burford was limited in practice. He missed the last game. Yeah. So if he doesn't play, it'll be, oh man, the guy that giant signed last year, uh, he came from Buffalo, ah, uh, John Feliciano. Not, yeah. Um, I think they call him Mongo. If I recall, if I recall correctly, okay. something like That's, that. I thought that was the name for the listeners of, uh, Mike Francesca's program. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't that? Anyway, John Feliciano stinks too. But uh, I think the Eagles would rather see Burford because he's he's particularly bad at pass pro. But Col- if I'm the 49ers, my biggest concern is Colton McKivitz, Colton McKivitz uh, against, I mean, take your pick, whether it's just to sign Reddick all day or whether they do kind of flip-flop and make uh, McKivitz and Williams see a little bit of both of those guys. Because McKivitz, um, fifth-round pick in 2020, Starting full time for the first time in his career this year. Last, yeah, I think you know. Last week we talked about the Bills' offensive line and how Spencer Brown was their right tackle and had a very impressive spider chart in terms of his um, just his you know pure athleticism. His numbers from the combine back in the day. Well, Colton McKivitz is the opposite of that. Like this guy will never be confused for an elite athlete. So I would actually was curious to, to look at some of the sacks that he gave up this year. And man, he struggles with speed. Uh, TJ Watt got him on three speed rushes week one. Um, uh, Gardeck, the, uh, the the smaller guy from uh, the Cardinals, beat him badly on a speed rush. Uh, it was another speed rush by, I forget who it was. Anyway, he's just getting killed <laughs> on these speed rushes. So like it's, I think he, he can handle, you know, some power to some degree you know, maybe a better matchup for a guy like, you know, against a guy like Brandon Graham. But if he's got to face off against Hassan Reddick and, and or Josh Sweat all day, it's a really bad matchup for him. And I think it's a bad matchup across the board for this 49ers uh, offensive mm-hmm. line against uh, this Eagles. This is, the, this is the biggest weakness on either of these two rosters. So the, the 49ers offensive line is the biggest weakness between these two teams. You can and maybe we saw it. Manifest in the last game they played against each other. <laughs> yeah, right, right. We saw the Eagles just beat the living crap out of them up front, uh, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. I feel like people like, aren't talking about that a lot. Like the 49ers <laughs> are favored in this game. I'm not saying that they're bad <laughs> right. or trash, but like we're just glossing over that part. 
Yeah. I mean, you could maybe make the argument that like the Eagles linebackers are the biggest weakness and there's probably a pretty good argument for that, but I mean, they just don't matter as much as the offensive line. So like in terms of, you know, a skill, the skill of players at a certain positional group and the importance of that positional group, this is the biggest, you know, concern area for either of these two teams is the 49ers offensive line. And, you know, again, the Eagles can't stop the run. They're going to be in big trouble, but if they can, they can get the 49ers into obvious you know, passing downs and distances, they can really feast on this offensive line, in my opinion. And I, I think that the sack numbers for the 49ers, that they've only given up like 21 so far this year. So, um, you know, they, they, Brock Purdy does get the ball out, but he can, he can be forced into bad mistakes as he was in those three losses to the Browns, Vikings, and who was the other one? Um, Browns, Browns Vikings. the Vikings, and the Bengals, right? Bengals, yes. He was he he, he was for, he, their pass rushes forced him into a number of mistakes where he probably should just have eaten it and instead you know chucked it up and and things got picked. Well, that too, and again, we talked about the game script of it all. You have to look at you know those sacks on a uh, compared to the percentage of passing plays. Like the 49ers are running the ball; they're right. not going to have as many sacks because they're not throwing the ball because they're yep. up in these games. So once they have to, if again, if you can make them throw the ball, you're going to have more opportunity for those. So I think those numbers look a little bit better than they would. Anything else on this 49ers offense? The other thing I'll note too, just on the point that you made earlier about um, the, well, the the Niners nation point that their pass rush isn't as good as it was a year ago. Other teams are game planning for that now. So like, you know, you mentioned like halfway through the season or at this point in the season last year, they had 32 sacks. They were on an absolute tear to close the season. Well, I mean, they're not going to probably, they're probably not going to go on that kind of tear this year because again, so many teams are now aware of how good they are. But when you look like player by player, like a sound right, isn't worse, any worse this year than he was last year. Josh Sweat isn't any worse this year than he was last year. He, he might be better than he was last year. <laughs> yeah, right. Both of those guys, I think are better than they were a year ago. BG might be a little worse because he's older. He's heating up though. I don't think there's a downgrade. From, from Hargrave to Jalen Carter. I think Fletcher Cox is playing some good football so far this year. And then uh, and then Milton Williams, has, I think, has taken a step forward, too. Yeah. So when you just look at personnel-wise, they're not worse than they were a year ago. Jordan Davis, I don't know if you mentioned him. For sure, there, I didn't but, mention yeah. him, yeah. But he, he's given them better. something in the pass rush, too. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, okay. Um, why don't you tell me quickly about Christian Rhodes of Road Trillers, and we're, we'll continue with the matchups Um if you're not distracted by looking at whatever you just saw. <laughs> I thought she was walking up the lawn right now, but she wasn't. Uh, 856-906-9295 is where you can call or text Kristen Rocha Road Trailers. Again, 856-906-9295 if you are looking to buy or sell your home. Voted on by God as the best realtor in the history of the universe. What else stands out about this matchup, Jimmy? So let's just flip it to the other side of the line, I guess, because um, while the Eagles have a very ferocious, scary, big-name pass rush, well, so do the Niners. And, I mean, they're foursome of Nick Bosa. We all know how good Javon Hargrave is. Uh, Eric Armstead on the injury report with a foot injury. So we'll see yeah. how you know how that progresses as the, as the week goes along. I've seen 49ers fans like, a little worried about that one. Yeah, he got hurt in the Seahawks game on Thanksgiving night. If I recall, he also right? had a foot injury last year. Uh, I saw Kyle Shanahan didn't really say if it was related to that issue or if it's a new one, but that mm -hmm. is something to note. And then Chase Young, who of course they traded for at the deadline for 
<laughs> a third round comp pick. So stupid. Good job, commanders. <laughs> um, anyway, all four of those guys have at least four. I'm sorry, have at least five sacks this season. Bosa has eight, Chase Young is six and a half, Hargrave has six, and, and uh, Armstead has five. Armstead actually has four and a half over the last four games. So he was mm-hmm. quiet on the sack front to start the season, but really kind of gotten hot. Uh, more recently we all saw what happened in the nfc championship game between nick bosa and lane johnson lane johnson of course um missed the bills game with a groin injury he seems on track to play this sunday uh to be determined if he's uh you know full health for that game mm-hmm. he certainly wasn't against nick bosa when he was dealing with an adductor a very painful adductor injury <laughs> right. shut him down in in pass protection a year ago and then on the other side kind of a weird um you know, oddball scenario where Jordan Mailata will be facing off against Young <laughs> for the third time this season. Uh, Young got him for a sack week one, beat him badly, I thought, uh, week four um, in that game. And then in the rematch, week eight, Mailata, I mean, owned that matchup. So, um, you know, kind of learned from some mistakes in the first matchup. So, you know, those are the two big name matchups, uh, you know, Mailata versus Young and Johnson versus Bosa. And then, of course, you know, the Eagles interior with Dickerson, Kelsey, and Jurgens, as good as any in the league. And they'll have their hands full with Hargrave and Armstead. They have some other guys that, that they'll bring in in, you know, certain scenarios. But those are the two scary guys in terms of pass rush. Um, this is, again, like I mentioned, strength on strength with the 49ers run game against the Eagles run defense. Well, the Eagles offensive line against the 49ers front four pass rush. Again, that's strength on strength as well. Um, okay. Sorry, I just got distracted by an email for a maintenance request that I didn't even request. <laughs> um, really okay. distracting. Anyway, um, <clears throat> the worst graded game by Pro Football Focus last year for Nick Bosa. Can you guess which game that was? Oh, it has to be the Eagles game, right? It was the Eagles game in the NFC Championship game. It was one of two games from 2022 entirely where Nick Bosa had zero sacks and zero quarterback hits. Mm-hmm. The other game was against like the Vikings. So I guess he was going up against Brian O'Neill, who, you know, also big, athletic, yep. good tackle. Anyway, um, in 2021, when the Eagles and 49ers played early in the season, guess which game was the second worst game of Nick <laughs> Bosa's uh season that year it was that game obviously as i just led you into that so yeah i would say there's some track record here that i bet that's a common theme with every great edge rusher that plays the eagles at some point during the season right has to face off against lane johnson that is not shocking and obviously take pff grades for what they're worth but it does just further cement the idea that lane johnson has gotten the better of this matchup between him and nick bosa so um, you definitely like to see that. We'll see how much, if at all, you know, he's hampered by injury. But like you said, even if he is, he was hampered last year by injury. Mm-hmm. So that might not be the biggest deal here. We'll see about that. But uh, I, yeah, I thought the Mylotta point was good because Chase Young, I think, you know, has had some good reps against him. And that concerns me a little bit there on the left side for sure. Not that Mylotta is bad or a weakness like 
49ers reporters wanted to suggest at this time last year, but he is certainly not as good as Lane <laughs> it Johnson. Ridiculous. It was a ridiculous assertion last year. It was one guy, I think, that was really sad. I think we all know who that is. Yeah. I think we, when I, you refer to 49ers reporters, I think you all know who that might be. And if you don't know, good. You don't need to know. But if you, if you know, you definitely do know. Yeah. And man, would it also be sweet for the Eagles to win just because it's very funny to see the reactions from that. That specific. guy needs this win more than the 49ers do. He really does. Um, but okay, Sorry, I whatever. I that joke from, from another friend of mine offline. <laughs> uh, it's worth it. It's worth bringing it up on the pod. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm not saying the Eagles are going to have their way with this 49ers defensive line because they're not. The 49ers, I'm sure, will have their fair share of wins in part because Jalen Hurts is going to give them time to get to him if it's anything like he's been this season where he is the second slowest time to throw in the NFL at 3.15 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I actually looked up um, PFF has a stat where it kind of hands out sack responsibility to certain, you know, players or positions or whatever. And in terms of quarterback percentage of sacks allowed this year, Jalen Hurts has the second highest quarterback percentage of sacks allowed. So, you know, that is part of the drawback to him. Obviously, he can make plays when he holds onto the ball, like he did with the OZ touchdown against the Bills. There's positive that can come out of it. But there are times where I think he's going to not have to or he's going to have to not just hold on to the ball for forever and give Nick Bosa and that 49ers offensive or defensive line a chance to get to him I will say on the Hargrave point it's been been a little bit interesting to follow him from afar mm-hmm. he's put up some production um when I was talking to stats back at the time of the uh Cowboys 49ers game stats was a little frustrated with Hargrave because I don't think mm-hmm. he had had a lot of production at that point and I think 49ers kind of caught on early to the fact that while Hargrave can very much be disruptive in the backfield, uh, especially as a pass rusher, can be had a little bit because of he's undersized in yeah. the running game. Yeah. He's not necessarily the best run defender. So that is something for the Eagles to consider. And, you know, if they're if they're if they're missing Armstead or if he's hampered and you have Hargrave there, well, this 49ers um defensive line I don't think is as good, and the defense as a whole, statistically, is not good at stopping the run as they were last year. They're they're they've fallen off a little bit in that regard. Yeah, and Armstead is also like six seven and sub three hundred pounds. So he's like a long, sleek type of defensive tackle and like not stout, like you know, not one of these Jordan Davis types that you can't move. So like you can move both of those guys. We should probably talk about, you know, the Eagles run run game versus the run defense as long as as long as you mentioned that. Niners have the number two run defense in the NFL they're allowing 82 rushing yards per game of course part of that is because they are ahead in so many games so you know a lot of teams aren't rushing against them in the second half uh but still very good run defense uh as it is and big reason why is because they have uh two very good run stopping linebackers Fred Warner is the best linebacker in the NFL in my opinion 95 tackles two sacks three interceptions so far this year um Eagles only gained 3.4 yards per carry uh, in the NFC Championship game, although I thought they made some, you know, they, they they had some nice chunk plays in the run game. And they, you know, it, obviously in the second half, everyone in the stadium knew they were running the ball because right. the 49ers didn't have a quarterback. So, everyone, like, the Niners had, like, you know, eight, nine guys in the box. Uh, and the Eagles were still, you know, semi-effective running the ball anyway. Uh, but you have Warner and you have Dre Greenlaw. At, at linebackers. So those guys are both fast, uh, physical linebackers, and that's part of the reason why they're good against the run. Um, 
but yeah, this is a this this is a good run defense. I think the Eagles have to do a little bit of both. They have to be able to to run the ball in this game. Um, I think actually the team that runs the ball better in this game hashtag analysis. Uh, you know, is probably going to be in a better position to win. Again, this just goes back to like, if the Eagles can't stop the 49ers run game, then they're going to be, you know, it's going to be really difficult to beat this team, but they also have to be able to run it uh, as well. And, you know, they've gotten better production out of DeAndre Swift uh, over the last two weeks after he kind of had like a month where, I mean, not just DeAndre Swift, but the Eagles run game in general kind of went into, I don't know if you'd call it a slump, but they, yeah. you know, weren't as effective as they were earlier in the season. Last two games, they've kind of broken out a little bit. So they'd love to keep that momentum going forward here against this Niners, you know, rush defense. Um, When it comes to the Eagles passing attack, what do you see for, what do you forecast for Jalen Hurts in a game, by the way, that could be rainy and stats who I will reference once again, was talking about concern with, uh, Brock Purdy in the rain. Apparently, he hasn't always had the best games in those situations. And the Eagles have some advantage in terms of experience playing in the rain, considering they've done it the past two weeks. So they kind of have, I think, potentially like a better um, handle on what does and what might what might and might not work in rainy mm-hmm. scenarios, just based on the past couple games here. But yeah, what do you see out of like the 49ers secondary? Yeah, in the NFC Championship game, you know, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith didn't really get going. Devontae Smith obviously had that big catch slash not catch it wasn't but guess what it was it counted it counted in a way too where like they were smart about it the eagles were smarter they deserved to get that have a catch because Devontae told everyone to hurry up and get the playoff and they did they don't apologize for that also the play that he i mean just to make that right to make it close close was an incredible play right (laughs) so like yeah the eagles don't have to feel bad about that um but they never really got going in that game because they didn't need to. So, you know, they're going to need to in this game, I would imagine. And the 49ers starting cornerbacks are Traverius Ward, who, in my opinion, is a very good player. And Diamador Lenore, who's an acceptable number two corner, but certainly the weakness in their secondary, in my opinion. So last four games, it's been targeted 19 times, it's given up 17 receptions. That's, you know, 89.5 percent mm. uh 226 yards 11 that's 11.9 yards per target and i don't know if you'll recall this but um way back in week two or three or whenever they played them in 2021 he's the guy that they uh took the shot play against, against. when they're you know backed up against the shadow or end zone to quez yeah. where it was the 91 yard gain and he got tackled inside the five and then they didn't score <laughs> and they lost the game because of it didn't score on that drive more or less. Uh, but they attacked him in that situation. And I think that was purposeful. Yeah. Uh, Ward only allowing a 73.5 passer rating this season, mm-hmm. according to pro football reference here. Uh, I am looking up the Amador Lenore as we speak. And then they also have um, Ambry Thomas in the slot who, I guess is better in the slot than he was on the outside. I remember he used to be kind of like a, a point of uh, a pain point, I guess, if you call it that for the 49ers playing mm-hmm. on the outside uh, in the past year, looking at Lenore, he's actually only allowed a 82.6 pass rating this season, but as you mentioned, kind of struggling a little bit more recently and not an amazing player uh, by any means. So um, yeah, you like the Eagles matchups. I feel like against those guys, not that they're bad, but the Eagles receivers are very good. I think Jalen Hurts is playing at a pretty high level, at least in the second half of games. Um, so 
I don't know. I just every matchup. I'm not. I'm not saying that every matchup is in the Eagles' favor. But when I, I think about these a lot of these key matchups, I think I like a lot of them for the Eagles. And the ones that aren't, I don't think they're like total deal breakers for this team. Yeah, worth noting too. Um, Talanoa uh, Hufanga is out for the season with a torn ACL. Uh, he was a first team All Pro safety for them uh, a year ago. Jair um, Brown. <laughs> uh rookie third round pick for them he's now starting in place of Fufanga um from Penn State he's actually played pretty well as far as I understand I haven't watched him I haven't you know zeroed in on him specifically too much but as far as I understand he's played well in Fufanga's absence but I would imagine that the Eagles will test him uh as well as these corners of course I should note by the way like um Lenore is kind of a squatty type a little bulkier than mm-hmm. Warriors, 5'10", 200. So I think if they do match up, it would make sense for Ward to match up against Brown just because he's better. But body type-wise, I think Lenore makes some sense on Brown. So maybe they match up that way, but then just give him extra help and let Ward um, just man up, straight man up against Devontae and uh, take their chances on that matchup. But it'll be interesting to see how, you know, how they how the 49ers defend these Eagles wide receivers. Dallas Goddard not being in this game um, sucks for the Eagles because I think that frees up Fred Warner to, you know, kind of be more active in other ways. He's a bitch as a, as a, as a blitzer. And by, by, by that, I mean, he's a bitch to block <laughs> as a, as a blitzer. So, if you know they don't have to worry about a tight end and you know beating them in the middle of the field, they can do more creative things with Dre Greenlaw and and uh, and Warner. So that's maybe a little bit concerning. Whereas if you have Goddard, then you know those you know where they're going to be. They're going to be covering Goddard. So um, yeah, I think that's uh, sort of a matchup to watch as well. But I do think, as always, you know the Eagles have uh, matchup advantages in their favorite receiver. Okay, let's take a break here. We'll come back and make our picks for the game. We will be back after this. Back here on BGN Radio, Jimmy, let's get into our week 13 NFL picks really quickly. Really, really quickly, because this game already happened by the time most people listen to this. Seahawks (laughs) at Cowboys minus nine. We're both taking the Cowboys minus nine, right? I'm taking the Cowboys minus nine, yeah. Okay, yeah, Cowboys probably won. And if they didn't, you're going to love hearing this and how wrong it was, so congrats. (laughs) Okay. That brings us to the, and again, quickly, because these games don't matter as much, but Dolphins are nine and a half point favorites at the Commanders. It would be great if the Commanders won this because uh, nice to see their draft order get screwed up, but I don't think they're going to win. No. Okay. no. I mean, they gave up 31 points to the to the Giants. What are they, I mean, what are they going to do against this Miami offense? It's a fair question, but Jack Del Rio is gone, so maybe that helps. Uh, Lions, four point favorites at the Saints. And the Saints had a big loss last week to the Falcons when it comes yeah. to the Eagles' interest of the Saints not winning the NFC South. So that was a really nice development for the Eagles. And um, I think they the Saints will lose again to the Lions. Yeah, I mean, the Lions scare me a little bit in terms of their pass defense. They've gotten just lit up by you know, a yeah, bunch of... who's passing against this defense? Quarterbacks, what's that? Who's passing for the Saints against this defense? Well, that's exactly it. So, like, I'm not sure that Derek Carr... And the Saints can like the, the Saints have good receivers, but you know Derek Carr has just kind of been a, a disaster in New Orleans this year. So I don't know that the Saints have it in them to take advantage. But just I'm just kind of talking uh, 
big picture here with the Lions, that is not a team that that would scare me in any way if the Eagles had to play them in, in the playoffs. Oh, famous last words. Going to get clipped <laughs> on the Lions podcast out there. Pride of Detroit is going to put you on their front page. Uh, okay. both We're both taking the Lions to beat the Saints, which, again, would be good news for the Eagles. Eagles will want the Falcons and Bucks to win. You know, I will take the points on that. Am I getting four? Yeah, you get four. I'll take the Saints and the points. Okay, you're getting the points, but you're taking the Lions to win out yes. to win the game. Giants are on their bye, we should mention, just really briefly there. Uh, and then that brings us to the Eagles being three-point underdogs. Crazy. Break out the dog mass at home. They're 10-1. and one. Who do you have, Jimmy? Yeah, I mean, they both have danger, dangerous rushing attacks, as I mentioned. Um, they re- they just rely so heavily on Christian McCaffrey that the Eagles can kind of – you can't – I mean, they have other weapons, so you can't just completely key on him, but he's going to get the ball a F-ton. So, like, you got to make sure that uh, you have bodies around him uh, all game, whether it's uh, you know in the run game uh, or in the passing game. Both teams are, are, are good at stopping the run. Both teams have really good pass rushes. But the two thing that the, the thing that I really think separates these team these two teams is offensive line, where the Eagles, of course, have uh, arguably the best offensive line in the NFL, and the Niners have one star player and four guys who I believe are all below average starters. So uh, I think these teams are really, really evenly matched across the board. Except I give the Eagles a major advantage. Uh, I give the I give the 49ers a major advantage at linebacker, but again, I give the Eagles a major advantage uh, along their offensive line. They have the better quarterback, and in my opinion, they have the better pass rush. So uh, give me the Eagles, and I will gladly accept the points as well, but uh, I think the Eagles are the better team. I think they win this game. All right. If the 49ers come into the link and kick the crap out of the Eagles, respect. Good on them. It's exactly what... They should do. If anything less than that, if they come into Philly talking all this, I'll pull a Deion <laughs> yeah, Sanders disaster here, bull junk. <laughs> yes. And then don't back it up. They will be the <laughs> biggest effing losers of all time. <laughs> Screw this team. The Eagles are going to have the, I don't, maybe the Eagles lose this game. doesn't even matter. They can still potentially get the one seed. The Eagles are going to have the last laugh when it comes to this 49ers not even a feud. I want to. I don't even want to call it a feud because it's not even like a feud. I'm tired of hearing. I went on the 49ers podcast today. They're like, "Oh, both the Eagles and the 49ers are talking." No, no, the Eagles are not talking. The 49ers started the talk. They're doing the talking. They literally called James Bradbury trash, which is just stupid. He was a second team All Pro last year. He allowed the lowest passer rating in the league when targeted last season. He was not trash. I just. I, I'm a big believer in vibes. I say that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I lean into that. And maybe that's silly, but I don't think it is. I truly believe in my heart of hearts that the 49ers are going to have to pay for it. Just doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't feel right that they would just get to talk all that trash and things would go so easy for them. That feels too good to be true mm-hmm. on their end. It feels like they put so much unnecessary pressure on themselves in this game like there's just it's so much and by comparison if you're the eagles i just think there's such a weight lifted because of that i think if you're the eagles this is like this this is this feels like an incredible spot to be in. if you're nick sirianni and you're trying to you know like go over like the talking points and everything 
think this couldn't have worked out better for you. All this trash talk <laughs> for bulletin board material that you yeah. have, being underdogs at home by right. three points. Like this is like this is catnip. This is amazing. It's like it just it's Sirianni doesn't even have to do anything. He just has to show them all of that, and it's like it's just so built in for them in terms of the pressure is not on them. All of the pressure is on the 49ers. Mm-hmm. And I just think that leads to an Eagles team that can play loose, not tight. And also just knowing obviously that the Eagles themselves can fight back from being down. That has to be in the 49ers head to some extent. Mm-hmm. And also in the Eagles head in terms of like being able to believe in themselves. I don't think people are giving enough possibility. Like I said, I think in the Bills recap podcast that the Eagles could just come in here and punch this team in the mouth and roll just like they did earlier this year in the NFC championship game. I'm not saying, you know, it'll happen the same way as Brock Purdy getting knocked out, but I do think they're going to get after him. I think they're going to sack him. I think the 49ers aren't going to be able to play their game script like they usually are. And once you take that away from them, they're not the same team. They're a very good team. I have a lot of respect for the 49ers. I'm not going to talk trash about them because I think they're pretty good, very talented. But I think they don't match up well against the Eagles. And now my concerns here are that the Eagles are banged up. You know, you're missing Dallas Goddard. You're missing Zach Cunningham. You're missing Fletcher Cox. You know, maybe those things take a toll. Uh, I also look at the fact that the Eagles, they played like a bazillion snaps against the Bills last week. So they could be tired having to have done that. Those things are definitely working against them. But man, I really just feel like that 49ers team, it all comes back to this for me. I said it on the preview. I'll say it again. If you're an Eagles player and you have any sense of pride, do you let that team walk into your building and beat you? No, you do not let them do that. Or at least if they do, they're going to have to really F and earn it. It's going to be like really hard for them to win this game. So that's where I'm at with it. I felt that way the whole week. I feel like increasingly good about the game as leading up to the game. Um, if they get Zach Ertz, I like the Eagles even more. That just seems like a great boost from a vibe perspective. Um, not that like he's going to have a huge role, but he could help potentially a little bit at all, which is good. Nice. Potentially. If it happens, we'll see. Um, so yeah, give me the Eagles to win this game. This is my lock of the week for the SB nation NFL show mm. at Eagles plus three. I'll okay. take him out. Right, baby. I'll tease the spread. I'll, t- I'll say Eagles minus three. Screw it. Uh, Eagles are winning this game. If there's any justice in the world. And if I'm giving you like a troll score prediction, which I kind of want to do. Obviously, this isn't like realistic or going to happen. I think the possible, the the most uh, troll possible score against this opponent would be forty nine to zero, right? Like that'd be the most disrespectful move you could do to the forty ers is beat them by their own score. I think that'd be funny. Anyway, beat, uh, oh, 49 okay. yeah, like forty nine to zero. Like you beat the forty ers by forty nine to zero, or win yeah. by forty nine points, like a margin of forty nine points. That's pretty good too. That'd be like a nice little fun. I wonder if that's ever happened. I want to gotta look that up in any case not my actual prediction i'll say the eagles win this game by a score of i'm gonna say it's the exact same well no that's too tough i was gonna say the exact same score as the championship game i'll just go 33 to 24 yeah i went 27 21 i think like the unpopular opinion here is that like i think the eagles are just a better team I mean, they're ten and one. They've beaten three straight quality opponents. They prove they they've, they've proven they can win games in just a wide assortment of ways. Three point underdogs at home. Jalen Hurts has won you know ten straight games at home. He's twenty six and three in his last twenty nine games. They're just a better team. 
I feel like it's just been kind of talked into uh, like a fact that the 49ers are like a more talented, better team, but the Eagles just win because of intangibles and whatever, blah, 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 blah. No, the Eagles are more of a better team in my opinion. So I don't know. We'll see. The Eagles have a coaching advantage when it comes to at least game management. That's For a sure. big thing I believed yeah. in the Eagles. That's a, a huge reason why I cited I believe the Eagles were going to beat the 49ers in the championship game last year is because when the 49ers get into fourth and two or whatever, guess what Kyle Shanahan's going to do? He's going to kick a field goal. He's going to punt. He's not going to give his offense the chance. That's what he does. He's a coward. You know what? Speaking of which, we didn't talk at all about special teams. So they have the, probably the best punter in the NFL, but that kicker, he missed two against. Yeah. I know he missed kicks against the Browns and Vikings. He missed two in one of those mm-hmm. games, and he missed one in the other. So in two of their losses, that kicker missed three kicks. And, you know, very clearly, as you've pointed out, well, I mean, Jake Elliott is clearly one of the best kickers in the NFL. You've call, you call him the, the best kicker in the NFL, I think, yeah. during the last podcast. But clearly there's a big there's a big advantage that the Eagles have with their kicker over, over the 49ers kicker. Nick and Moody again. is his name. Shanahan will use him more than he probably should because he's a coward, just like Sean McVay. All <laughs> yes. those co- well, I don't know how McDaniel is uh, with that. I haven't followed him specifically, but for sure, Shanahan is a big time coward, and that could be the difference in this game. It could be a difference between Shanahan not going for it in a key spot and Nick Sirianni. You know he will, even if it's mm-hmm. deep in the Eagles' own territory, you, because they have an unstoppable play uh, that helps them with that. So I I think that's another matchup that's working in Eagles favor is just the game. Man. And then the, we talked about the Devante catch. That wasn't a catch. That was so dumb not to challenge it. It was so dumb by <laughs> Shanahan. Yes. Like, even if, even if it's just like, you think you might not, it's a high leverage spot. Like no one would kill you for wasting a challenger timeout. And like you've said in the past, are teams really ever running out of challenges? Never. No. It doesn't happen. Especially with the automatic review stuff now yeah. in a lot of cases. So, but that that's absolutely relevant. Maybe Shanahan has learned from that mistake. And I'm not saying the same situation will happen. But you, you like those little things like that, you can almost like count on something like that happening and Shanahan mm-hmm. not maximizing it. And Sirianni, you have more faith that he will. So I think that's another edge working in the Eagles' favor. I just think, again, holistically, this Eagles team matches up well against this 49ers team. Um, and I've posited to both RJ and stats and I'll now do it with you, that there might just be like a triangle thing going on in the NFC where I think the Eagles might have the 49ers number and the 49ers have the Cowboys number. And it's a little much to say the Cowboys have the Eagles number Mm -hmm. because the Cowboys lost to the Eagles, but you know, obviously the Cowboys give the Eagles trouble. I think that's fair. I I think, I think your, I think your, your point there is fair though. So the Cowboys give the Eagles trouble, no question about it. And I think that like that makes sense because there's different matchups. It's not the same. Yeah. It's not like transitive. It's not like, well, you beat this team, so therefore you're better than that other team that they beat. And, like, it doesn't work like that. The NFL is more matchup-based. So I just like the Eagles in this game. I think they're going to win. And even if they don't, they don't need to. That's the thing. <laughs> 49ers need this win a lot more than they do, which will make it more embarrassing if they can't. The Bills needed the win last week a lot more than the Eagles did, and yet the Eagles won. So we'll see. Jimmy, do you have any final thoughts? I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, one other thing, I guess, maybe two is it's supposed to be raining, maybe. So if it is, it'll be the third straight game that the Eagles have in the rain. I don't know if there's an advantage uh, to be had uh, by that. But the weather won't be bad temperature-wise. It should be like in the 50s 
40s once you get it's into the like second the half. Temperature like this week. Yeah. Uh, so the weather shouldn't be you know too much of a factor. Um, but I'm really looking forward to this game. Um, should be fun and uh, big juice, big big time juice game. Like the juiciest game of the year. Hundred percent. Uh, I think by a significant margin uh, is is this week. I mean, certainly Eagles Dallas is a big one a couple weeks ago, but this one feels a little different um, just because there's so much hatred and there's so much talk and the Cowboys or excuse me, the 49ers just being crybabies for the last 10 months, the Eagles having to listen to it. And again, you've, you've said that like they've shown amazing restraint in not responding to, to a lot of it. So um, yeah, maybe we'll see that all on the field and maybe we'll see a fight or two. (laughs) Like Trent Williams is a, I think it's a lock. It's kind of like a hothead douche. <laughs> so like, you know, maybe they, maybe they get, maybe he gets baited into something, but uh, yeah, there's going it, to, it's, it's clearly going to be a game played between two teams that very much do not like each other. If the Eagles win their chances of clinching the number one seed improve from 68% to 92% on mm. um, New York times playoff simulator. If they lose, they only go down from 68 to 54, but you know, the Delta there from 92 to 54 is massive. Sure. And obviously you have the tiebreaker head to head if you beat the 49ers here. And if you do, like, if you win this, I said it on the other podcasts. I've said that line a lot now here. Sorry for repeating myself about repeating myself. But if you win this game, I mean, the 49ers, uh, sorry, the Cowboys game just really doesn't, like, it just matters so much less at that. If you beat the 49ers, this Cowboys game in week 14, I'm not saying it doesn't matter at all. But it matters a lot. It's like it's like okay, oh no, we lost. Was well, another common opponent game in your favor if you beat this 49ers because yes. they already lost the, and if you beat the Cardinals later in the year, then that's another one as well. Of course, mm-hmm. you have to sweep the Giants presumably because you know, to have the same divisional record as the Cowboys, it goes head to head. Of course, right. then division, then common opponents. So you have to sweep the Giants, of course. And and if it, if it came down to common opponent tiebreaker, then Eagles are really set up if they if they win this game got to beat the Seahawks too. Assuming it's basically that. a two game lead they'll have over, over the Cowboys, even if the Cowboys beat them the following week. And then that's before the Cowboys. No, no, no. I'm to... sorry. It would still be a one game advantage, I guess. But that's, you know, and that's also with the Cowboys then having to go play the bills in Buffalo, the dolphins in Miami, mm-hmm. they have to play, they're hosting the lions. Like they, you know, they, I know the lions are flawed, like you said, but to assume they're winning all three of those games is, you know, that's it's a lot to assume they're right. definitely going to take care of. Plus, you know, maybe they slip up against the Seahawks tonight. I don't think so, but I really hope so. That'd be great because you and I will be watching that. Or uh, as we uh, as we're recording this, we will be watching that. As you're hearing this, we will have watched that and uh, hopefully given high fives all around to celebrate the Cowboys' loss. But uh, in any case, still will be good to get a look at both of those teams since the Eagles are playing them in upcoming weeks here. Get a you know firsthand look at what's coming up um but yeah will be a great one this sunday at the link between the eagles and 49ers like you very much looking forward to it a lot of juice huge big game win just win it okay jimmy uh i think i already asked you for final thoughts my final thought is that we got to get out of here so check out (laughs) our sponsor information in the episode description below wrong crowd beer company right to sell and craft jerky Kristen roach of roach realtors check out our social media information in the episode description as well we would appreciate all the um ratings reviews and whatnot five star 
all those good things. We appreciate you sharing your Spotify wrapped podcast information. I saw some listeners out there who were like in the top 4% and the top 1%. That's crazy. We appreciate you. You listen to like every episode. That's insane. We love you. We really appreciate you rocking with us here at BGN Radio. So thanks Indeed. for sharing that. Um, we love you. And we hope to be seeing some of you, I guess, who were doing those things or have seen you at Wrong Crowd Beer Company on Thursday night so we can appreciate you uh, in person. Okay, Jimmy, you and I will be back after the Eagles beat the 49ers. Good. Bye, everybody. BGN. <laughs>